came in like a missile, like a fireball missile across from the New York Harbor side, I guess from the north direction. It came in like a spear, just speared through the building like a fireball. I've never seen war up close, but today I have. It's just this sound, this rumble. This mass cloud coming at us. It's intense. All right, good evening once again. All right, welcome to uh, Prophecy Seminar. Never forget. Uh, indeed, um, the Lord has been uh, teaching us, and um, uh, we thank Sister Val for the health tonight, showing us that indeed our body is the temple of God, and we must not vandalize God's body. In fact, we must not vandalize the property of anyone. Amen. And the Bible says we, we are not our own. We're bought with a price. And we, with that, this body that, that, that we own has been purchased by Christ. And therefore, we must do our best to care for it as it is only a trust from him to us. Amen? Amen. So as usual, uh, I just want to remind everyone that we're here Monday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night, and Friday night. Four nights a week. Monday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night, and Friday night. And, uh, and night after night, we intend... Uh, to share and to preach the gospel in the way that Christ intends uh, it to be taught, especially in regard to the things that have taken place in New York City and will take place in New York City, also showing how they will have an impact on the world at large, all right? Because New York is, is the gateway to the world, all right? New York is, 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 is the window to the new world, amen? Amen. So as we go night after night, we'll, we'll, we'll continue to share and improve and increase upon the light in which the Lord has uh, shared for us. Now, for those of you who are watching online, I encourage you to follow me along. There is a link in the description to my PowerPoint presentation. And if you uh, click on that link, as I go on, you will be uh, uh, just in step with me as I turn the pages um, of this uh, presentation. So check the link in the description. And we ask also that you will share, um, share the link to those uh, of your friends and of your loved ones, that they too may share in the understanding of the gospel. So, um, as usual, we like to invite God's presence. I invite everyone to pray silently with me as I um, ask God to bless this evening's presentation. Shall we pray? Amen. All right. So good night and welcome once again. Now, last night, um, I opened up last night uh, by touching on, uh, on, on, on the Bible. Now, my topic last night was window to the new world. And tonight, I want to continue in that topic because for many of us, 
the scripture and the prophecies are, are something that is closed up. And, 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 and um, as we are learning, we, we le last night we learned that when you find Christ, the Bible says he opens your eyes, right? The Bible says you shall find him when you seek him with all your heart. And when you seek him, Jeremiah says, thy words were found and I did eat them. And when you eat those words, the Bible says it is sweet to the taste. Amen? Amen. And the Bible says um, that he will send you a preacher. And we saw that that preacher was John. But John is only typifying those at the end of the world who comes with the message of repent. The message, repent and be baptized, every one of you. Why? Because the time is fulfilled. So, as we continue tonight, I want to uh, enter into another aspect. All right, we saw that the Bible can be trusted. We saw that the Bible explains itself. We saw that if you want to learn to, to explain the Bible, what you do is you bring all the scriptures together and form your own theory. All right, and, and, and the Bible um, will, will, will answer us if we do these things diligently. All right, because uh, the rule says nothing revealed in scripture, uh, not, nothing revealed in scripture can or will be hid from those who ask in faith, not wavering. So we have our work to do, and God has promised us to do his work in relation to our understanding of the Bible. But the Lord has left them some things on record in the Bible for us that are in types and symbols, namely prophecy. Uh, uh, not types and symbols, but, but um, prophecy. All right? Um, the types are all, and symbols and prophecy are also symbolic. But tonight, we're going to touch on prophecy and history in particular. All right? So follow along with me. Uh, into the notes. And the very first thing I want to uh, do is to, to, to help us to understand is what is history, right? What is history? We've heard this word all our lives. We've gone to school. We've, we've, we've opened the books that we are told is history books, and it's just a record of things that happened in the past. And as we, we've studied these things in school, one of the things our teachers would impose upon us is that those things are true, right? So history then must be true. Amen? This is what, because that's what they do in our schools. All right? So if the Lord has recorded history, then it too must be true. Because the Bible says, let God be true and every man a, a liar. So the most reliable history we can find is the history that comes from God. Amen? And the Bible says, you shall find me when you search for me with all your heart. Amen? So we must search for true history. All right? What is the meaning of the word history? If we want to understand better uh, what history is, we must understand better what is the meaning of the word history. So let's look at this word uh, briefly. History. It, it says it's a noun, and it comes from, uh, it, it has its varying um, uh, uh, etymology, Greek, Italian, French, all the, all, everybody has their version. But the Welsh... Uh, their version of history is a matter of record or what is of concern or in mind. The Greeks, to the Greeks, it signify knowing. History to the Greeks signify knowing. It also signifies to explore, to learn by inspection or inquiry. So, so the Greeks is in agreement with the Bible. The Bible says what? Search the scriptures. Amen? The Greek says... Inquire, explore, learn by inquiry. That's what we have to do with the scriptures. So the Greeks and the scriptures are in agreement. 
But God is the author of all truth. Amen? So who do we trust? God or the Greeks? We go with what God says. Amen? All right, let us continue. Now, I went online and I just looked up the history of the word history. I'll just try to find out what did that word come from? What is the origin? And one of the things, the first group they, they, they liken it to is the Greek. And it's the Greek word histor, H-I-S-T-O-R. And it means learned a wise man. All right, so the word history comes from the word histor, which means learned a wise man. Now, why am I bringing that up? History is connected to man. I want us to see the history. If there is no man, there is no history. Everyone's following? No man, no history. So the only time we can record history from is from the day or from the time there was man. Amen? So before man, no history. After man, history. Then where is the only account we have of the origin of man? The Bible. True history can only come from the Bible because history is about man. Amen? Amen. Let us continue. I really want us to, to see that because anything outside of that is false history. History is connected to man. A wise man, it says. Let us continue. Continue with the definition. History, an account of facts particularly facts representing nations or states, a narration of events in the order in which they happened with their causes and effects. This is an important one. A narration of events in their order in which they happened with their causes and effects. Let us continue. And I'm reading from the 1828 dictionary. It says, history is of different kinds, are treats of different subjects as a history of government or political history, history of the Christian church or ecclesiastical history, history of war and conquest or military history, history of law, history of commerce, history of the Crusades. Now I want to pause there. Earlier I did say that history is connected to man. Now in this verse, all these things must be connected also to man. And the only history we find of man, the true history of man, is found in Genesis chapter 1. Now let us go to Genesis chapter 1 and confirm this that we just read. It says, history of different kinds. What did the Bible say about kinds in Genesis chapter 1? He made what? The fruit after their kind. Amen? He made the trees after their kind. The animals after their kind. Amen? So there's your history of kinds. It says, and treats on different subjects. Now, in the, in, in the creation, you have the air. Amen? You have the water, the earth, solid, liquid, and gas. Amen? Amen. You have science. Amen? Amen? Amen. You have history of agriculture, the Lord planted. Amen? You have uh, math in there. Amen? You, everything that we study today is in Genesis chapter 1. All right? Everything that we study. It says... History of government. The Bible says God gave Adam dominion. Amen? There is your government. All right? But Adam was the vicegerent of heaven. So heaven was the government above the government on earth. Amen? Amen. 
History of government, right there in Genesis chapter 1. It says political history. Did we have political history? Yes, we do. Adam needed to understand the politics of heaven to name the animals. Adam needed to understand the politics of heaven to govern the things on earth. Amen? Amen. Let us continue. It says Christian history. The Bible says, let us make man. Who was the us? The father and the son. When Christ came to earth, last night it says, we have found the Messiah, which is interpreted the what? The Christ. So all who is a Christian is a, is a child of whom? Christ. When Adam was created, then Adam was a Christian. Amen? History of the Christian church. In Eden. Amen? Ecclesiastical history, which is church history. It says, war and conquest. Genesis chapter 3. What happened in Genesis chapter 3? Satan came down. Amen? And he warred against God by, 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 by deceiving the woman in eating the fruit. Amen? History of war. In that say, it says history of military. Two angels came down with their swords to cover the tree of life. Amen? The Lord sent his military to defend against Satan's troops. Amen? History of law. <laughs> what did the Lord say to Adam? Uh, two trees. Amen? Eat from this one, don't eat from that one. There's your history of law. Everything is true history is in the Bible. Amen? The, the beginning of every history is in, Genesis chapter, is in the book of Genesis. And we simply just need to go there and find it. All right? So let us continue. History. Other meanings for history. Knowledge of facts and events. An account of the origin. And this is what we just did. We went to Genesis 1 and showed that right in Genesis is an account of the origin of man. And Google, just Google it. The word history means wise man, histor, wise man. If there is no man in, this in, this, in that equation, the word histor doesn't exist. Amen? So until God created man, there couldn't be history. But before God created man, he had to create everything that man needed to survive. The air, the water the trees, the sunlight, amen, the animals. So God created everything, and then he made man on the sixth day. And so all the things that God made for man is included in history, amen, because history is based on man. You find the origin of man, you find the beginning of history. Let us continue. Prophecy, all right? Tonight we're going to... Also look at prophecy, history and prophecy. What is prophecy? In the 1828 dictionary tells us, prophecy is a foretelling, a prediction, a declaration of something to come. It continues to say, no being but God or some person informed by him can utter a real prophecy. And I love this because this gives us the assurance that Satan himself cannot fulfill prophecy. He can come close to it, but there will always be something he cannot do. Amen? So we can trust in the prophecies of the scriptures. Let us continue. Uh, definition number two, it says in scripture, a book of prophecies, a history as the prophecy of Ahijah in 2 Chronicles 9. So prophecy is also a history. A history that is told before it comes to pass. Let us read 2 Chronicles chapter 9 and verse 29 to see what, um, what is spoken of here. It says, Now the rest of the acts of Solomon, 
first and last, are they not written in the book of Nathan the prophet and in the prophecy of Ahijah the Shalonite and in the visions of Edo the seer of the seer against Jeroboam, the son of Nebat. In other words, if you want to know about Solomon, if you want the history of Solomon, it says, go to the prophecy that's written in the book of Nathan. Amen? History and prophecy is the same thing. One, history is, tells us of the things past, and prophecy tells us of the history to come. Amen? All right. When a prophecy is fulfilled, we simply call it history. But when, 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 when history is not fulfilled, we call it prophecy. But they're one in the same. Amen? All right. So the Bible tells us if we want to know prophecy, they're written in a book. To Solomon, he was told it's written in the book of Nathan. And as I began, I showed that if we want to know history, we just got to go to the book of Genesis. Amen? Because it's written in the book. Let us continue. The third uh, definition for prophecy, and one that is overlooked much by, by almost everyone. Everybody knows the prophets Moses and Elijah, and everybody knows these prophets that are inspired specially by God, but these, this one, mu mu much people don't put any emphasis on it. Prophet, number three, preaching. Prophecy is preaching. Prophecy is public interpretation of Scripture. Okay, so one who publicly interprets scriptures is what then? It's a prophet. Not in the same sense as Moses is a prophet, but if that person exposits God's word clearly and in line with other prophets, then what does that make him in that sense? It makes him a prophet. Amen? And if it's true, then we must listen to the words of that teacher or that prophet. Amen? Amen. So prophecy, foretelling, prophecy, uh, preaching, public interpretation of Scripture. Let us continue. Let us go into the Bible because it says it is written in the book. Christ says, lo, I come in, in the volume of the book. It is written of me. And he says, search the Scriptures. Amen. And so we want to learn the history of Christ. Amen. And we want to learn also the prophecies concerning Christ. And Christ says those things are written in the book. So let us go to the book. Let us look at prophecy now in the scriptures. Proverbs chapter 31, verses 1 to 9, the Bible says, The words of King Lemuel, the prophecy that his mother taught him. This is a lesson for all mothers. It is your duty to teach your children prophecy. Amen? It says, The prophecy that his mother taught him. What, my son? And what, the son of my womb? And what, the son of my vows? Give not thy strength unto woman, nor thy ways to that which destroyed kings. It is not for kings, O Lemuel, it is not for kings to drink wine, nor for princes strong drink, lest they drink and forget the law and pervert the judgment of any of the afflicted. Give strong drink unto him that is ready to perish, and wine unto those that be of heavy heart. Let him drink and forget his poverty and remember his misery no more. Open thy mouth for the dumb in the cause of all such as are appointed to destruction. Open thy mouth, judge righteously, and plead the cause of the poor and needy. Now, this is a very nice prophecy.
because we're going to see where it is fulfilled. The book of Proverbs was written in advance of a particular event. Right? And when that event came, this prophecy was fulfilled. And we'll, 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 we'll see that as we go along. Now let's go to Ecclesiastes. Now I want us to key in on the part here that says strong, um, where is it? Uh, it is not for kings to drink wine or princes to drink strong drink. All right, let us continue. Ecclesiastes 10, verses 16 and 17. It says, Woe unto thee, O land, when thy king is as a child, and thy princes eat in the morning. Blessed art thou, O land, when thy king is the son of nobles, and thy son eats in due season. Sorry, yes, amen. Thy princes eat in due season for strength and not for drunkenness. So the rulers of this land must eat for what? For strength and not for drunkenness. This is what the Bible says, because the Bible says in Proverbs, it is not for kings to drink wine, nor princes strong drink. Our rulers are not to drink wine. That both literal wine and spiritual wine. Because the Bible says, um, the land is blessed when the princes eat in due season, they eat for strength and not for drunkenness. Amen? All right, let us continue. Daniel chapter 1. Another prophecy. Daniel chapter 1. Uh, uh, another, uh, another history, I should say. It is a record of, of, of the facts of something that happened in the days of Nebuchadnezzar. Amen? Because history is a matter of record. It's a record of facts. Not only a record of facts, but a chronological uh, 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 facts in their order. Amen? Let's continue. So now in, in Daniel, I'll read Daniel chapter 1 and we'll, we'll tie that together with Proverbs, um, uh, Proverbs 31 and um, the other text that we just read there from 1 Kings. So that would be Ecclesiastes 10. Sorry, Proverbs 31 and Ecclesiastes 10. So it says, in the third year, in the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, came Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, unto Jerusalem and besieged it. Now, if we all we, we all have been to school uh, to some extent, and it begins by saying the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim. What is that? That is a fact. The Lord is trying to show that it's a specific time in history when this thing happened. Amen? We can date this thing. Amen? And all we got to do is go back and check the records. Amen? Go back and look in that time into the th in the third day of Jehoiakim and see if Nebuchadnezzar came. Amen? Amen. So it says, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, unto Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand and part of the vessels of the house of God, which he carried into the land of Shinar to the house of his God. And he brought the vessels into the treasure house of his God. And the king spake to Asphenaz, the master of the eunuchs, that he should bring certain of the children of Israel and of the king's seed and of the princes, children in whom is no blemish, but well-favored and skillful in all wisdom and cunning in knowledge and understanding science and such as had ability in them to stand in the king's palace and whom they might teach the learning of the tongue of the Chaldeans. Now notice they were taking the best of the best of the children and going to teach them. Let us see 
how they desire to teach them. All right, it says, and the king, the what? The king appointed them a daily provision of the king's meat and of the wine which he, what did we just read in Proverbs? It is not good for kings to do what? To drink wine. So here is Nebuchadnezzar offering them what? That which is not good. Amen? It says, So nourishing them three years, and at the end, of, and at the end thereof, they might stand before the king. Now I want us to see another point in here. When men want you to learn something, they feed you accordingly. We are to watch what we eat. Whenever someone wants you to learn something, they will feed you accordingly. That is true in the natural, but that is also true in the spiritual. Someone who wants to turn you into an infidel will feed you accordingly. Someone who wants to, to have you rebel against God's word will feed you accordingly. So we must watch what we eat. Amen? And in this, in this history, we have some boys who watched what they ate. Amen? And the record which was told is true. Let us continue. It says, Now among these were the children of Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, unto whom the princes of the eunuch gave names. For he gave unto Daniel the name of Belshazzar, and to Hananiah of Shadrach, and to Mishael of Meshach, and to Azariah of Abednego. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with a portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not what? Defile himself. He might not vandalize the temple. Amen? So Daniel was taught something about wine. Where was he taught that? Just go back to Proverbs 31 because he says, Lemuel, who taught him? His, so who taught Daniel? Daniel's mother taught him. And his mother told him, it is not good for kings to drink wine. So Daniel did what? Purpose in his heart that he would not partake in the king's meat. You know what I also mean? Daniel's mother fed him the right food. Amen? Amen. Amen. The right message. Amen? Let us continue. Now keep in mind, if we go back to Proverbs 31... There is a part here, it says, give strong drink to him that is ready to perish. Right? There comes a time when the Lord will give you that desire. Yes, if that's what you want, that's what you get. But, there's another part. It says, let him, let him drink and forget his poverty and remember his misery no more. Then it says, open thy mouth for the dumb in the cause of all such as are appointed to destruction. This is what Lemuel Mother told him. Open his mouth in the cause of all as are appointed to what? To destruction. This, this, Lemuel's mother told him that, so we'll get to that. He, it, the, his mother also told him, open his mouth, judge righteously, and plead the cause of the poor and needy. One that eat right will always plead the cause of the poor and needy. All right? So let us now continue. Let us continue. Let us now go to Daniel uh, chapter 1, let's read 11 to 17. It says, Then said Melzer to Daniel, whom the prince of the eunuchs had set over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, Prove thy servants, I beseech thee ten days, and let them give us pulse to eat and water to drink. Then let our countenances be looked upon before thee, 
and the countenance of the children that eat the portion of the king's meat, and as thou seest, deal with thy servants. At the, so he consented to them in this matter and proved them ten days. And at the end of ten days, their countenances appeared fairer and fatter in flesh than all the children who did eat the portion of the king's meat. I want to put it to us. History records that ten days is enough to turn us around if we go on the right diet. Ten days. That's, all, that's what history records. It only takes ten days. Do the right thing for ten days and you begin to see the results. This is beautiful. All we have to do is to obey the word of the Lord. Amen? I also want us to see that even though this is a history, it has many lessons for us in this time. Many lessons. It's not just history that we read. Uh, in in, in um, 1492, Columbus came to the, to the Western world, and then it ends there. There's, no, there's nothing else you could get from that than he came. Amen? But we learned that Daniel did not eat of the king's meat. We learned that Daniel was looking better in 10 days. That's a lesson we can live by. Amen? That's something we can take and apply to our lives right now. Because God is not the God of the dead, he's the God, he's the God of the living. Amen? And everything written in history, in the history contained in the Bible, is for those that are living. All right, let us continue. It says, Thus Melza took away the portion of their meat and the wine that they should, they should drink and gave them pulse. And as for these four children, God gave them knowledge and skill in all learning and wisdom, and Daniel had understanding in visions and dreams. So because Daniel held to what the Lord taught, the Lord gave him great understanding in prophecy. Right? Because when we looked at the definition of prophecy, it meant visions. Amen? Amen. When we looked at the definition at um, First Chronicles, uh, I think it was First Chronicles, when David was speaking to Solomon, he told him that he needs to understand uh, from the book of Nathan the prophecies and visions contained therein. Amen? And Daniel gained an understanding in all visions because of his diet. The right diet will help us understand God's word. The right diet will help us to understand history and prophecy. The right diet will increase our confidence in God's word. Amen? Let us continue. Now let us go to Daniel chapter 2. We'll see how that diet helped Daniel. It says, And in the second and in the second year of the reign of Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar dreamed dreams, whereith his spirit was troubled and his sleep break from him. So now Nebuchadnezzar has a dream. And, and, and I don't have the rest of the story here, but um, maybe um, we'll get to it in another time. But the story is told that he calls on his wise men and they couldn't interpret the dream. And therefore Nebuchadnezzar made a decree to kill all the wise men. So now all the wise men is under what? They're on the threat of death. But what did we just read in Proverbs 31? What was the message to Lemuel? No. Speak up for the poor. Speak up for those who are oppressed. That's what Lemuel was told. What did Daniel do? He says, why is the decree so hasty from the king? And he says, go and tell the king, give me some time. He knew the prophecy. Daniel understood the principles from his mother. So what did he do? He fulfilled Proverbs 31. 
And he went and spoke up on the behalf of those who were about to die. Those who were drinking the wine of Babylon. This is what he told us. So Daniel spoke up on their behalf. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Let's continue. Verse 25, it says, Then Ariok brought in Daniel before the king in haste and said unto him, I have found a man of the captives of Judah that will make known unto the king their interpretation. How shall they hear without a preacher? Ariok found a preacher. You know why? Because he searched. Amen. Let us continue. Then the king answered and said unto Daniel, whose name was Belteshazzar, Art thou able to make, me, make known unto me the dream which I have seen, and the interpretation thereof? Daniel answered in the presence of the king and said, The secret which the king hath demanded cannot the wise men, the astrologers, the magicians, the soothsayers, show unto the king. But there is a what? A God in heaven that revealeth secrets, and maketh known the, to the king what shall be in the latter days. Thy dream and the visions of thy head upon thy bed are these. Verse 29. As for thee, O king, thy thoughts came into thy mind upon thy bed, what should come to pass hereafter? And he that revealeth secrets, make it known unto thee what shall come to pass. God revealed prophecy to Daniel. Amen. Daniel obeyed his mother. Amen? Amen? Daniel kept the commandment. Honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. And if you go to, um, if you go to Daniel chapter 1, the very last verse, the Bible says, Daniel lived until the first year of his days were long. He honored his father and his mother. He obeyed Proverbs 31. Amen? He didn't drink the wine because he knew it was bad for kings to drink wine. He knew, he knew though he was called upon to do what? Plead for the oppressed. Amen? So when you come to Daniel chapter 4 and Nebuchadnezzar had that second dream, what did Daniel tell Nebuchadnezzar? Break off thy sins by righteousness. He once again pleaded for the oppressed. He told him, break off thy sins. But we know what, ha what happened in the story. Nebuchadnezzar refused and he was punished. Amen? Because the Bible says, give strong drink to those that are ready to perish. So Nebuchadnezzar wanted strong drink. The Lord gave him strong drink. He lost his mind. Amen? Amen. You get to chapter 6, 5. Belshazzar wanted strong drink. And what did the Lord gave him? But he died. So there's a difference. Some people, because of, of, of the nature of their sin, the Lord will bring them back. But others will not come back. Do we want to take that chance? Do we want to keep drinking that foolish, that, that wine of error, that wine of, 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 of Babylon that, that causes us to be drunk and that's, that, 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 um, that, that defiles or vandalizes the temple? Because the Bible says, him that destroy, um, he that destroyed the temple of God, him shall God destroy. Go ahead. Nebuchadnezzar mad because yeah. it affects his neurological system. Yeah, Amen. Amen. So let us continue. Daniel says that there is a God that revealed secrets. Now let us go to verse 30. But as for me, 
This secret is not revealed to me for any wisdom that I have more than any living. But for their sakes, that shall make known the interpretation to the king, and that thou mightest know the thoughts of thy heart. Thou, O king, sawest, and behold, a great image, the great image whose brightness was excellent, and stood before thee, and, for, and the form thereof was terrible. The image's head were of fine gold, his breast and his arms of silver, his belly and his thighs of brass, his legs of iron, his feet of part iron and part clay. Thou sawest till the stone was cut out without hands, which smote the image upon his feet, that were of iron and of clay, and break them to pieces. Then was the iron, the clay, the brass, the silver, the gold, broken to pieces together, and became like chaff of the summer threshing floors. And the wind carrieth them away, that no place was found for them. And the stone that smote the image became a great mountain, and filled the whole earth. This is the dream, and we will tell the interpretation thereof before the king. So, because of Daniel's um, faithfulness to God in what he ate, in what he drank, also recognizing that God was the revealer of secrets, God chose to give to Daniel that gift of understanding visions and dreams. Amen? Amen. So now Nebuchadnezzar has this dream and Daniel is about to give him this, uh, this, um, this interpretation because that's what he told him, right? God is about to give him the interpretation. Well, what is the interpretation? Verse 37. Thou, O king, art a king of kings, for the God of heaven hath given thee a kingdom, power and strength and glory. And wheresoever the children of men dwell, and the beasts of the fields and the fowls of heaven, hath he given into thine hand, and hath made thee ruler over them all. Thou art this head of gold. And after thee shall arise another kingdom, inferior to thee, and another third kingdom of brass, which shall be a rule over all the earth. And the fourth kingdom shall be strong as iron, for as much as iron breaketh in pieces, and subdueth all things, and as the iron breaketh all these, it shall break in pieces and bruise. And whereas thou sawest the feet and toes, part of potter's clay and part of iron, the kingdom shall be divided, and there shall be in it the, the strength of iron. For as much as thou sawest the iron mixed with miry clay. And as the toes of the feet were part iron and part clay, so the kingdom shall be partly strong and partly broken. And whereas thou sawest iron mixed with miry clay, they shall mingle themselves with the seed of men, but they shall not cleave one to another, even as iron is not mixed with clay. Now, Daniel, Nebuchadnezzar was shown an image. And in that image, as we have on the chart, it has the head of gold, uh, the breast and arms of silver, the thighs, the belly and thighs of brass, the legs of, of um, iron, and the feet and toes of iron and clay. This is the image that Daniel saw. And in this image, Daniel told Nebuchadnezzar, the Lord has given him a history of what shall come in the latter days. And everything then from what happened to Nebuchadnezzar is the latter days in that sense. Amen? Because for Nebuchadnezzar, that's what it was. He wanted to know what was about to happen. But again, God is not the God of the dead, but the God of the living. So all these things are only here for whom? At the end of the world. For us. Amen? So as we understand this history, we gain lessons, right? And just to, 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 to show one lesson here, um, I will 
I will introduce this thought, right? Gold is the most precious metal. Uh, 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 in some sense, gold is, is, is symbolically the most precious metal that we have. Amen? Amen. Amen. And gold is currency. Amen? For a time, men traded in only gold. But after gold, what they started to trade with? Silver. Amen? There was a time when the American dollar was backed by. But what do men say about it now? It's weak. Why is it weak? Because it's not backed by the best metal on the planet. Amen? So as you go through this, this image, it shows you the deterioration of currency. Gold is the strongest currency. Any currency that is backed by gold is the strongest. The next one is one that is backed by silver and followed by bronze, but the weakest is iron. Amen? For, for in iron, there is not much value. Amen? So let us continue. On to the next slide. Now we can skip that, that, um, that page. All right. So in Daniel 2, we see the image, the prophecy given to Nebuchadnezzar. It says, he is the head of gold, and after him another kingdom, but no name. It says, after this kingdom, another third kingdom, but no name. And it says, after that kingdom shall be a kingdom of iron, no name. And then it says, in the days of this last kingdom, the God of heaven will set up a, a kingdom. So what we see in this chapter is five kingdoms. All right? Now, why, why Babylon? Babylon was a universal kingdom. Because it says, wheresoever the children of men dwell, God gave it to Nebuchadnezzar. Amen? He gave him everything that was, um, that, that, that basically all nations that was, that was there at the time. Therefore, the next kingdom that comes after Babylon should also have the same characteristic. Amen? So let us go into the scripture and let us, let us, let us see that. All right? Um, in Daniel chapter 7, the Lord repeats this same history. All right? Now, why does the Lord do that? As, as a parent, why do we repeat things to children? They may remember it. So that they may remember it. What else? To drive it home. Amen? We repeat it because it's of great what? Because it's great importance. Right? We repeat things because we, we want it to be sealed in the mind. Amen. To deepen the impression. So the Lord gave it to us. He gave it to Daniel this way. Uh, or to Nebuchadnezzar. Gave the interpretation to Daniel in the form of an image. But when you get to Daniel chapter 7, the Lord repeats the same history only using different symbols. Now, why different symbols? We don't all have the same mind. Amen? Because we do that to our children. When they don't understand it one way, what do we do? We explain the same thing in a different way. Right? Okay, if you don't get it this way, maybe you'll get it that way. And, 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 and if we have the patience, we may even do it a third or a fourth way. Amen? Well, God is no different because he's our father. Christ says when we pray, pray our father. And our father has patience. And so he gave it to us one way. But we didn't understand clearly, so he gave it to us another way. Amen? So then you get to Daniel chapter 7. Now keep in mind, Daniel already said that the gold was the kingdom of Babylon. And he says, after the another what? Kingdom. And after that, another what? Kingdom. And another kingdom. And then God shall set up a 
So this is all about the kingdoms. Amen? Let's continue. Now let's go to Daniel chapter 7. Verse 1. It says, In the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel had a dream and the visions of his head upon his bed. Then he wrote the dream and told the sum of the matters. Daniel spake and said, I saw in my vision by night, and behold, the four winds of heaven strove upon the great sea. Now I want to ask this question. If you were to be told a story, and the story was told to you by a second party, and then later by the person who actually uh, was in the story, who are you more inclined to believe? The one who was in the story. Amen? So Daniel tells us right here that he dreamed and he wrote. Amen? So this is not a secondhand story. Right? This is not something Daniel heard by the wayside. Daniel was given this and he wrote it down as he received it. Amen? Amen. And he already told us that who, who reveals secrets? God reveals secrets. So Daniel is writing straight from the mouth of, of God so we can trust this history. Amen? Let us continue. Another thing we see here is Daniel begins also by giving us a date. In the first year of Belshazzar. Amen? Just like in the very first chapter, he says in the third year of Jehoiakim. So we can just simply go back and look at the records and we can know when these things happen. Because history is a record of the facts. Amen? But history is also a record of prophecy in advance. Because as Daniel was given the image, he was told another kingdom, and another kingdom, and another kingdom. Those were things that had not happened yet. Amen? All right. He's still in the kingdom of Babylon, and he's given another prophecy. Amen? None of those other things had happened yet. So let us continue. It says, Daniel spake and said, I saw in my, night, in my vision by night, and behold, the four winds of heaven strove upon the great sea. And four great beasts came up from the sea, diverse from one another. The first was like a lion and had eagle's wings. I beheld till the wings thereof were plucked, and it was lifted upon the earth, and made to stand upon the feet as a man, and a man's heart was given to it. Verse 5. And behold, another beast, a second like a bear. And it raised itself up on one side, and it had three ribs in the mouth of it, between the teeth of it. And they said thus unto it, Arise, devour much flesh. And after this, behold, and lo, another like a leopard, which had upon its, the back of it four wings of a fowl. And the beast also had four heads, and dominion was given to it. And after this, I saw in the night visions, and behold, a fourth beast, dreadful and terrible and strong, exceedingly. And it had great iron teeth, and it devoured and broke in pieces, and stamped the residue with the feet of it. And it was diverse from all the beasts that were before it, and it had ten horns. And I considered, I considered the horns, and behold, there came up an, among them another little horn, before whom the three, there were three of the first horns plucked up by the roots. And behold, in this horn were eyes like the eyes of a man, and a mouth speaking great things. So now I just want to pause here. And as we go through this chapter, we see Daniel sees four beasts coming up out of the sea. All right? Now, the first was like a lion. Now, do lions come from the sea? So already, 
we can see that nature doesn't agree with this statement. All right? But God is giving Daniel this in a dream. Why? Because there is something about this that the Lord wants us to ask him. That's the first part. When we don't understand it, the Lord is calling us to do what? To ask. All right? Now, the rule here that I want to highlight is whenever a passage of Scripture destroys the laws of nature, the Lord's want, Lord wants us to understand it as figurative. In other words, it's a symbol that is used to teach us something. Amen? To show us something. Uh, um, uh, uh, the Lord is hiding uh, the truth of what he wants to show us in those symbols. So Daniel sees four great beasts coming up of the sea. Which means, as a student of prophecy, you must ask the, the following questions. Well, if, if lions don't come out of, of the sea, what is this beast? Right? What, what are we talking about here? What is the Lord talking about here? All right? And the Lord says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him what? Let him ask of God, who giveth unto all men liberally. The next, the, he saw this lion, and this lion had eagle wings. And we know for a fact lions don't have eagle wings. He saw this bear with three ribs in the mouth. All right? On one side. Then he saw this leopard that had what? Four wings on its back. Leopards don't have four wings on their backs. Amen? So all these, this is only a figurative uh, 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 um, outlining of the events that are to take place in the earth. All right? And then it says, a fourth beast, dreadful and terrible, and had iron teeth. We don't know any beasts that have iron teeth. Teeth is made of bone, in, um, bone. Amen? So let us continue. I just want us to see that real. So in just reading that, we don't understand it. The next thing Daniel sees in this dream is a judgment. All right? From verse 9 to verse 14. I'm just going to read verse 10. It says, the judgment is set and the books are. So after these four beasts, Daniel sees a, a judgment. All right? And in verse 11, Daniel says, I beheld till the beast was slain and his body destroyed and given to the burning flame. So Daniel sees four beasts all the way down to the end. Amen? Just like he saw four medals all the way down to the end. Same, um, what's the word? Same structure. Amen? Same structure, but what? Different symbols. Amen? In one, the elements of the earth. In another, the animals of the earth. Amen? Let us continue. Uh, verse 15, it says, I, Daniel, was grieved in my spirit and in the midst of my body, and the visions of my head troubled me. Now, Daniel is having uh, the experience of anyone who read the book of Daniel. If you go in there and you read beast, 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 judgment, this, that, it will trouble you. Amen? The first, Lord, what is this? Daniel was troubled. In his mind, he was like, Lord, what is this? I have never seen those things in nature. So what is this? Amen? And then it says, I came near unto them that stood and asked. And did what? Ask him the truth of all this. So he told me and made me know what? The interpretation of these things. And yesterday we learned that interpretation belongs to? To God. Let us continue. Verse 17. This is the interpretation. The, these great beasts, which are four, are what? Four. 
are four kings which shall arise out of the earth, but the saints of the Most High shall take the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever, even forever and ever. Now, the four beasts, we are told, are how many kings? Four kings. And the four uh, elements of the earth are what? Four what? Kingdoms. And you can only have a king if you have a what? Kingdom. So bringing the thoughts together, we can already see that the four beasts is parallel to the four elements of nature. Amen? Amen. The four elements of nature ends with the Lord setting up a kingdom. But we just read that the four beasts ends and it says the saints of the Most High shall take the kingdom and possess the kingdom for? Same, same illustration. Amen? But if it's the same illustration, why is the Lord giving us the same thing twice? Yes, we know he's doing it for, uh, for, the imp for the impression, to make the impression. But with each different element, you learn a different truth. Because each different element carries a different principle with it. Amen? Metals of the earth operates under a different... Um, if you put fire to the metals of the earth, you get a different outcome than if you put fire to the animals. Amen? They're all teaching you something different, right? The things you can do with the metals of the earth, you can't do it with an animal. Amen? Amen? But animals also have attributes that metals don't have. Animals have attributes like, uh, um, how do I put it? Ah, fierceness. Amen? Fierceness is one of the attributes of animals. Swiftness is one of the attributes of animals. Amen? Animals can fly. Amen? You, you can't get that with the metals. Metals are not fierce. Metals are not swift. Metals don't fly. Everybody understand? So the metals is designed to teach us one truth about the four kingdoms, while the animals are designed to teach us another truth about the four kingdoms. Amen? So I just want us to see that it is important that we understand the prophecies. It is important that we go to God and ask him the meaning of these things, just like Daniel went to him and asked him the meaning of these things. And Daniel says, the answer came back, the, the great beasts are four kingdoms. The Bible says, ask and it shall be given. Daniel asked and it was what? Given. In chapter 2, he asked and it was given. Amen? This is the confidence we can have in the history of the scriptures. Because if Daniel asked and it was given, and Joseph asked and it was given, and Moses asked and it was given, and Isaiah asked and it was given, then if I ask, it will be given. Amen. That's why the history is recorded, to give us confidence, amen? To show us that God is the same. To show us that what he did in the past, he's going to do it in the future. But also to show us lessons, that this is how I must act in that situation. Amen? amen. And if I act this way, I can only expect the same response from God because he says, I am the Lord, I change not. Amen? Amen. Verse 19. Then I would know the truth of the fourth beast, which was diverse from all the others, exceeding dreadful, whose teeth were of iron and his nails uh, of brass, which devoured, break in pieces and stamp the residue with his feet. And the ten horns which were in his head and the other which came up, before whom three fell, even of the horns that had eyes, and, of a, and a mouth that spake very great things, 
whose Luke was most stout than his fellows. I beheld, and the same horn made war with the saints and prevailed against them. Until what? Until the Ancient of Days came, and judgment was given to the saints of the Most High, and the time came that the saints possessed the kingdom. So, gold, silver, bronze, uh, brass, iron, iron and clay, Christ sets up a kingdom. Amen? Uh, lion, bear, leopard, dreadful beast, and what should follow? Christ sets up a kingdom. And it says it right here. He saw this beast until the ancient of what it says, until the ancient of this came, and judgment was given, and the saints possessed the, the kingdom. Alright? So now if we go to verse 23, and I'm gonna stop here with this last um, this last uh, section. Verse 23 said, thus he said, the fourth, be the fourth beast shall be the fourth what? Kingdom. kingdom upon the earth. Isn't that plain that Daniel chapter 2 and Daniel chapter 7 is teaching the same thing? It, you, don't, you, don't have to, you, can't, you don't have to make it up. It, the Bible tells you. The fourth beast is the fourth kingdom. kingdom. Therefore, kingdoms, kingdoms. All right? And as you, read, as you will read in Daniel, you will go to chapter 8 and you'll see four more things. And you go to chapter 11 and it repeats. And it's all about the kingdoms of this earth. But not just any kingdoms. The universal kingdoms of this earth. All right? It's important to understand that. Egypt was a kingdom. Amen? But they were not universally um, dominant in this earth. All right? The first universal kingdom is Babylon. Why? Because God said so. God said he's going to give to Nebuchadnezzar all the kingdoms of this earth. Amen? And he says, after you, another will come that is inferior to thee, and then another, right, that is even more inferior, and then a fourth. And he says, in the days of these kings, will Christ set up a kingdom? Now, now for those of us who understand history, we know Babylon. Amen? And Babylon was followed by the Medes and the Persians. It's a matter of fact. Isn't that what history is? A matter of fact. Followed by the kingdom of Grecia, Alexander. Amen? Alexander conquered the whole of the known world. Followed by pagan Rome. Amen? The Caesars. And later ruled by pagan Rome. And paper Rome. The priests of Rome. Amen? This is a matter of fact. We can, we can plainly go in history and iron these things out. And the Bible says they shall rule right up. That last kingdom shall rule all the way up to the time that Christ comes. Amen. So I trust that as we've heard this history, uh, as we've, we've gone over showing that indeed history and prophecy agree, that history and prophecy is important for God's people at the end of the world. It is also important also to, 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 to increase our confidence that the Bible is indeed the book that Christ said that would speak of him. That the Bible is indeed the book, the book of books, the book that is the only book that is 100% true when it comes to a record of history. Without man, there is no history. And the only book that records the origin of man correctly is the Bible. Amen. Amen. And so as we go through the scriptures, let us with confidence go before Christ. Paul says, let us come boldly before the throne of grace. 
You know why we can go boldly? Because Christ said, if you ask, I will give. He says, he said, if any lack wisdom, let him ask of God. That's why we can go boldly. Because we were told to come boldly. Amen? Amen. No child is scared to go to a father who, who tells him, come and ask me anytime. Amen. Let him ask in what? Faith. Ask in faith, right? You must have faith. And so I pray that, that this evening's presentation in conjunction with yesterday's would give us a solid platform to understand that that which God has written in the Bible is true and you can live by it. You, you, can, um, uh, you can align your life to it. You, you can structure everything that you do according to it. You simply have to ask. You simply just have to go in there and read. The reason why he wrote it down is so that we can read it. Just read it, practice it, bring it into the life, and see how in 10 days the Lord is going to make improvements in your life. Amen? Amen. Now, I just want to um, say that... Um, We appreciate those who, who, who had spent time with us um, here and on, and on the live. And we want to invite you all tomorrow night. Because tomorrow night, we'll be going into uh, topics of faith in relation to the scriptures. We'll be going into topics of life and death. Showing how the scriptures is absolutely necessary for life and for death. Showing how you too can increase your faith in God's word so that you can go into God's Word and study for yourself, so that you can go to God for yourself and, and, and gaining a better understanding of the things that are necessary for your life. But not only that, everything that is written in the Bible is not only for the time for the people in the past, but it's for also us now. And these things are going to be repeated. Now, I don't have these things in my notes, but the wise man, Solomon, says uh, that, that that which hath been is that which shall be. And there is no new thing under the sun. And we expect to see a, 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 a repeating of, of many of the prophecies that have gone forward in the past. So I pray that as we continue nightly that you'll return with us we, um, so that you can hear and understand the, 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 the beauties and, 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 and the greatness of the prophecies which the Lord has set forth for us here at the end of the world. Thank you for being with us. We invite you all tomorrow night at 6.30. Um, same time right here where we'll have song service will be followed by a health uh, we'll, we'll be followed by a health um, presentation and um, and then followed by dynamic preaching um, from God's word shall we close here with a word of prayer kind merciful and gracious father we thank you Lord for for prophecy we thank you for history we thank you for this accurate record, Lord, that you've left for us, uh, Lord, which is called the Bible. And we pray, O oh Lord, that uh, those under the sound of my voice, including myself, Lord, would be convicted to the truth contained therein and that each one of us may, uh, may purpose in our heart like Daniel to not eat, Lord, from all the varying books that are out there, Lord, all the, all the different writings and readings, O oh Lord, that, that do not uh, lead to life but that we will purpose in our heart to eat from the throne of grace, to eat from God's table, to eat, Lord, from correct history, from correct prophecy, that we, uh, Lord, may have a proper spiritual life that will aid us in, in our current spirit, um, physical life. 
And we thank you for bringing us here. We thank you, Lord, for gathering us. We thank you for this place. And we pray and ask, Lord, that you'll bring us back here tomorrow, uh, tomorrow night, tomorrow evening, Lord, whereby your, your spirit can speak to us again. And we pray and ask these things in the precious name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen.